three, two, one, zero, zero, and liftoff! Welcome to Mission Control, Peralta Design's podcast on all things branding and digital marketing. Since 2008, Peralta Design has launched hundreds of brands with award-winning identities and websites. Join our hosts Ramon and Jorge as they use decades of combined experience to tackle topics with past clients, industry partners, and the rest of the PD crew. At Peralta Design, we launch brands. But for now, let's launch right into this episode of Mission Control. Welcome to Mission Control, where we respect the grind and reclaim the American dream. I am your host, Ramon Peralta from Peralta Design, and we launch brands. Today, I am so delighted to have a special friend back on our show. Um, Please join me in welcoming the networking coach to the stars, at least in our sphere and beyond. Two jazz hands. Jazz hands. None other than my friend, Rob Thomas. Not the singer. Thank you. Not the singer. Not, Not the singer. singer. Yeah. Sorry. Rob, it's, it's just great to have you back, man. Really. It's just... Um, you well, know, I'm we, delighted. I appreciate the opportunity. It's really... Um, this is fun stuff. It is. And, and uh, we recorded a show that never aired. And, and, and it was right... We recorded a show like right before... Like the week before. The week, the week before the, week before. the shutdown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And we were talking about coming out to the diners and, and so forth. Tell our, tell our listeners, because there are a few folks out there that may catch wind of this that might not have heard about you. Tell us a bit about you, your career, what you do. Just give us, give us that pitch so we can get a good sense of the real Rob Thomas. Yeah, so no, thanks again. I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, Essentially, I've been in sales for over 20 years, sold everything but copiers and payroll systems or banking. And the one thing that always resonated true was just good quality, effective business networking. I would say I cut my teeth the best when I had myself all broken down to the basics by my good friend and mentor, Tony Resigno, out of the New Haven Chamber about 12 years ago. Because everything I thought I had learned to close people (laughs) <laughs> to sell them, you know, the real Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross stuff ABC. Uh, was wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, it was wrong and it wasn't going to happen in a New Haven chamber membership environment. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to, I had to break it all. He had to break me down to brass tacks. And I really appreciated a lot of that. He did get back to the true in person, one-to-one thank you notes. How can we help each other in business kind of breakfast stuff? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I was doing them all in these different fancy restaurants and it became kind of almost like a waste of money because we were focusing on the restaurant more than we were focusing on ourselves. And so I just like diners. Like it's just (laughs) homey. It's just, you get a bottomless cup of coffee. It doesn't cost you $5. You get a waiter or waitress that just treats you like a, a a second son. Mm -hmm. And you can sit there and really sit on the level and talk about, what's what. And when you got them out of the office versus the 70s selling technique of keep them in their office so they can see the the frames of Johnny at baseball, they'd let their hair down. Mm -hmm. See how much I've let my hair down? Mm -hmm. Um, All all of it, by the way. Yeah. And well, you know, nothing grows on a busy highway. So I do networking in diners. Well, then that became the title of the business referral groups. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And then through all that became my method. Now, at what point did you realize you had this gift for connecting people? Was it just from being in sales? Did somebody tell you, Rob, you know, did you make an, was there one introduction you made that just kind of said, you know, I'm good at this? I got the feeling that if I wasn't going to sell you and I didn't like it when you sold me, what was I going to do? So Tony told me, why don't you just introduce one person to another? Just make a relationship or a friendship or be the hero. What? Go be the hero. Just go to an event and people start talking to you. And you're like, you know what? Have you met so-and-so? I think you really need to meet. And you bring them over to the other person. And then you drop, you team up a little. And then you drop them. And then next thing you know, like 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes later, they come back up to you at the event. They go, oh my God, you're awesome. Like I never met that person ever. So I would have never bumped into him because I was too shy to go walk up to him. And you made the marriage happen. And I just got jacked. I got jacked by that. Next thing you know, people are like, oh, I got to sign up with you. Oh, how do I do that? I got to sign up with Rob. I mean, you kidding me? Oh, and then he like connects you and stuff. He like does stuff. <laughs> well, I you're just, good. You're, I just you're, like it. Yeah, <laughs> no, I just like it. Yeah, your personality is like perfect for it. Because, you know, um, I know when we first met, it was at a chamber event, uh, yep. I think for the Greater Valley Chamber. And I, I, I left very impressed. And, and uh, I, you know, you, you challenged everyone to just like, hey, come up, with, you know, introduce yourself. And, and, uh, and, and that's the rest is history. I came up after the meeting and I think we met at, at, at Sassafras, our local diner here. Right. Um, and, um, and, and we've been, you know, we work together. You, you know, I, I'm a client of yours. You're a client of mine. Uh, it's been a great, uh, you know, few years. And recently, you know, we're going to get to COVID and we're going to get to, you know, the, the changes that you've made. But um, you've, you've recently came out in an article uh, that I that that you recently shared, we we put it out on your social yesterday. Tell me a bit about that, you know, and and um, the, the the topic of, of the article, and kind of like because I think I think a lot of the questions I was prepared to ask you honestly today um, are in that article, which I think is phenomenal that you got some exposure. I get a phone call from Melissa New Haven Biz, which is short, I guess, for New Haven Business Magazine. They've morphed it in so many different ways. She goes, I'm a freelance writer and someone gave me a tip. And, <laughs> and I couldn't pull out the who the someone was. The scoop. So I can't reveal my sources, Rob. <laughs> she has a scoop. She's right? on the beat. And so, yeah. and so someone gave me a tip that you were doing like networking or something and diners and you connect people and you're doing it. And what's, what is that? And would you be willing to talk to me for an article? Uh, yeah, that'd be fine. <laughs> sure. I'd love to do that. <laughs> so we talked and it was at the very beginning. So it was like an April ish. And she wrote about where we were just kind of in the throes and kind of like, no offense, your today show show, which did finally air. I got put on the back burner a couple months and I kind of, you know, gave it up. I kind of, sorry, yeah. I kind of gave it up. And I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, whatever. Well, you didn't cry wolf like I did about well, six or seven yeah, times. Hey, you know. <laughs> so, 
So she calls me a month ago and she's like, hey, so are you still doing like that networking diners thing? And like, are you still alive as a real business? I mean, she was a real, yeah. she's a real charmer. Mm. And um, are you still doing that thing? You know, I love it when they say that. Yeah. And we've even gone nationwide. Come on. Oh, yeah. And the virtual networking. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Can I talk about that? Sure. And so we talked about it. And, you know, this is not brain surgery, Ramon. But if you do it consistently and effectively, and you do it with people who really want to work, they want to work, you can really hit it. You can really hit it well. So I have been trying to grow this state by state, different individuals who really want to jump on. And the two biggest things that I'm getting compliments about networking in diners is you run a really good meeting. You run a tight ship. I go, yeah, I, I've been a president of Rotary and my Masonic Lodge, so I better know how to run a meeting. Mm -hmm. And the people you have on, oh, they're, they own their seat. They are in it to win it. They are there. They're focused. They're ready to go. And most, I guess, most meetings aren't like that. Right. Now, there's a lot to unpack there. I want to talk about the fact that you, you embarked on creating a group because in order for you to go from the brick and mortar to the virtual, you had to have had a following. You had to have been doing this a while so that you made that transition to say, okay, now we're not meeting in diners. We're still networking in diners, but we're going to do it virtual. But in order to do that, let's take a step back because you had to create a, a type of networking group that you, you came into a space where BNI existed. Um, you had your local chamber groups existed. You have the Vistage group existed. So you came into a space and you had to say to yourself, what's going to be different about my group? Mm -hmm. Tell me, tell me, uh, you, you, you know, I know, but for the sake of our, our listeners, especially the entrepreneurs that are, that are trying to create a business that may already exist, but they're going to put a twist on it. What was your twist? So I beg, borrow, and stole the best I could of all the different greatest ideas I've seen in the last 20 years. And the two components, so the three meetings run kind of like a, a classic chamber meeting might. Mm -hmm. You might have a leads group, you might have an educational meeting, then you're going to have a happy hour. So that's where I got the three meetings. I stole that from Chamber. Okay. However, the two key components that I find about mine versus your BNI, your Vistage, your Chamber Leads groups, all fine and they fit a different niche, right? My, well, so three components. Mine is business to business. So although they are phenomenal professions, residential realtors aren't going to play. It's just not going to work. The second is I give people four minutes, tight four minutes to define who they are, what they do, who they play with, who knows who they play with them, and who are they looking to meet or needing to meet, right? You got to have those components. And then the third piece about it is really in the Coffee and Connections meeting is about Sharing your own experience through a business challenge, not giving advice. And that's what I talked about in Melissa in the article. That is really hard. Everybody and their dog wants to give another person their advice all the time. 
And, you know, I didn't ask you for your advice. When I ask you, then you can give it. Okay. What about my experience on how I got through that piece? Oh, well, now wait a minute. Because that's kind of cool. Because I want to know how you did it. And that's kind of like telling a story. But it isn't because we put the business challenge out. And then we, we do our own uh, experience. Yeah, that's my favorite part of it. When I, when I experienced that, um, I realized I was in the right place. I had been asked, you know, by chambers, I, I'm involved in a number of chambers, as you know, to join these CEO roundtables and um, they're static. They become a cohort um, and, you, and you sit in a room with the same people. Um, but the, what I liked about the concept was that it was with other business owners, which is what I like about yours. And, and that is that you can join a networking group and the, the ratio to um, salespeople that have a high turnover or employees that aren't really invested to the owners of the companies uh, is, is off, in my opinion, versus yours. Uh, the fact that it's B2B um, and it's vetted, um, the quality tends to be higher as far as when you bring up a business challenge, you have folks that even if they weren't the owners, they were at a, such a high level of management that they did have a staff to manage or they did have personnel issues or there's something for me to learn. Um, and and that's, that's what I get out of that. Now, when this hit, though, um, we couldn't meet in diners anymore. Diners were effectively shut down. Yeah. Um, at that point, um, you, you, you know, people were starting to use Zoom. And what, what made you decide, like, because I, I think you had aspirations of at some point rolling this out to chapters. Um, you know, your business, it, it morphs a lot. And I think that's one of the other things that I think is a great takeaway for entrepreneurs that are listening is that um, you kept your, your business concept kind of malleable. You have a, you have a coach for strategy, which, who's Paul. Um, but what was the conversation like when you guys said, okay, um, we were going to do this nationally. We were going to start chapters. We, you know, we, we pre COVID, we were talking about a chapter in Florida, for example, but then what was the conversation like to just go virtual and, and then actually the silver lining and all of that. Tell us a little bit about that. COVID. Mm -hmm. COVID. I'm, I'm that guy. I'm, you know, fortunately or unfortunately uh, I've had three negative COVID tests. Thank God. But, COVID really um, forced me kind of to say, uh, you don't really have a choice. You are not going to meet in person. You're not going to set up another chapter or franchise location in person, not in the United States anyway. And Europe came before the United States this year. So uh, that's not going to happen. So what you going to do? What you going to do? You're going to just pack up your tent and fold? Is that what you're going to do? You've spent all this time and money with all these different people. You could certainly do that. It's an option. But then you're really kind of turning off the name that I got service marked. You're turning off all the people that really, they didn't know how to network in person either. So virtually, they're going to be just crushed on how to figure this out. And we've still got some members today that are just scared out of their mind to still keep doing it. But that day, that Friday morning, that Paul and I decided we have to go all virtual. I did that brief video and I said, this is, here we go. Here we have to do this. So I joined Zoom and I couldn't look back, could not look back, contact all the members. This is how we're going to do it. And they're like, okay, I'm in. And whether they show up or not, that's on them, right? 
I've asked them 16 times, but it, you know, they got to get over it, but this is how we're, we're really trying to succeed and how we're trying to do it. And if you stick to the plan of the, you know, the four minutes and you stick to the challenge, you stick to, well, are you then networking with the people of the meeting outside? Are you doing that too? Well, I'm not kind of, well, you know, this isn't hard. You were going to do that anyway if it was in person. So why don't you just Zoom with them on the outside anyway? Hmm, I guess I could do that. Well, yeah. And now you can do it with someone in Colorado. Yeah. That I love. I mean, that that's the silver lining for me is that you've just expanded the networking uh, nationwide, worldwide. You know, there's really, there you really are, don't have a territory anymore. It's just opened right up. Yep. Um, and, and that's amazing. Um, well, and I, I have you to thank for that as well in terms of introductions you've made for me uh, regularly, but also yeah. in Florida. So, mm-hmm. you know, Jay and David have been instrumental down yeah. there and that has helped a lot. Yeah, that's awesome. That's good to hear. That's what we do. Once you're in, once you're in, you know, it's all about helping each other and, uh, and exchanging those, those contacts, uh, those vetted contacts. Now, I don't want to get you, you know, uh, you know, your blood pressure up by, by using words like leads and things like that. But um, there is a question you asked that became the title of your book. Tell, tell us a bit about being an author, what compelled you to write the book, and, and um, maybe share some nuggets that you, that you might be willing to share in this forum on the Rob Thomas method. I had no vision of writing a book. I went to a mentor of mine after about a year and he goes, you got all the pieces in place. So where's your book? (laughs) I thought he was talking about, you know, the book I take with notes and people. He goes, no, your book, Rob, you know, that I can read and buy. Oh, is that like really a thing? It's like, yeah, it's a thing. So with your help as well as Tanya's and, Mm -hmm. and others, we amassed this kind of collective of what's in my brain or the Rob Thomas method, scenario situations on being either to do it live in person, rating scale, the organic switch, all of it. We put it all together in a book. It was so funny though, because after about nine months, we're, you know, we're sweating out the title and I'm getting all the suggestions about, oh, you know, sales is, you know, bunk and this and sales 101 (laughs) and networking 202 and all that. And none of them were clicking for me. And I was trying to think to myself, what did I used to ask people after they would sign up with me at the New Haven Chamber? What was that first question I would ask after I took their money and their app? And it was pretty straightforward. I said, who do you need to meet? And they'd be like, what? Or they'd say, anyone, everyone, or someone. And I'd be like, oh, this is going to take a while. <laughs> right? So that's where I came up with yeah. the title. What's been the most stru- frustrating, and you had a little bit of a challenge with it, I will say, um, uh, you know, as a dear friend, but I will say, it's need to meet. I don't care about who you want to meet. Like, I want a Ferrari. That's the idea. But I need to meet the new RVP in New Haven for Key Bank. I need to meet that guy because Key Bank commercial bankers, I believe, need the Rob Thomas method. And I know a couple. So that's where I got the title and that's where it's resonated. 
Yeah, and I, I think people make a mistake, right? Because they, they attend these events and they don't have a specific ask. I know every time we meet, um, it's homework for me to try to figure out who who is it that I really need to meet at this at this point, uh, whether it's a certain vertical or a certain uh, client that I, I don't have, you know, uh, any connections to getting into a certain place. You never know. And so it's something that you ask of us uh, in our, in the group, um, every, every meeting uh, is to be specific, but you mentioned those three, those three words that, uh, you know, you can't help people with. Um, Anyone, everyone, and someone. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's usually what you hear at, at networking events. People are like, I'm looking for anyone that's uh, in the market to buy a house, or I'm looking for anyone that uh, needs, you know, and it's like everybody nods and then they go home, but they really can't help you. Well, and I don't, I can't, I can't honestly claim it. Dr. Meisner um, of BNI fame has been a, a great influencer of mine throughout mm-hmm. this whole thing. So and he I recently passed away too, by the way. Didn't no, he? his wife did. Oh, his wife did. His wife did. Okay. Yeah, okay. No, no, Meisner's still around. They're having a memorial on Facebook. I okay. think. No, uh, she passed last week anyway. And I've met him and I gave him a copy of my book and he signed a copy of his. But he really kind of came up with the anybody, everybody, and somebody. And so I've kind of cannibalized that a little bit. But I've just kind of, what I've done with the method and the book and everything is to kind of dumb it down some more. I mean, mm-hmm. he is a, he's a PhD. He is a smart man. I'm mm-hmm. dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm stupid. <laughs> so I need to, I, if you don't keep it simple for me, I'm just, you know, I'm on to the next <laughs> thing. I mean, I'm just as wacky as the next rabbit. So those three people I don't know. And that's what he used to evangelize all the time. The kicker about B&I though, I will say, is it's a phenomenal franchise international. I don't have any delusions of grandeur of beating it. But the irony is that Meisner's put out all this great content that he has learned and talks about for the last 40, almost 50 years. And he put it all online. It's like a B&I university mm-hmm. or whatever. You want to guess how many people have really gone and read that stuff? Like maybe 1%. Wow. So that's just wrong. I just think that's wrong. So, you know, I'm going to talk about a little of it. And if that makes me a networking coach of the day, all right. Yeah. All right, here we go. Yeah, but you're not just a networking coach. I mean, you're my networking coach, and, I, and I'm a proud member of NID, um, and you've, you're an author. But I think – a piece that we're looking to focus more on this year uh, as we move into 2021 is you've, you've spoken and been hired by some pretty big brands. And I know, I know you may be under NDA um, and you may not be able to share what those, those companies are, but they're fortune 500 companies. Um, tell, tell us a bit about what that's like, um, what they hire you for. Um, what are some of the, you know, how can you help a business, whether it's a small business or a large business? So excellent. So I never thought I was going to be all that great at speaking or doing talks um, as Paul has, has got me into trying to define really better. But then I did a couple and I was like, that was a lot of fun, actually. It's exhausting, but it was a lot of fun. These companies hire me because they need a piece of their education for their workforce. And it isn't just salespeople. It's a workforce that needs to understand how to move the ball forward. How are they going to communicate with the other human 
in a business networking function that isn't salesy, that isn't going to try and give you that icky feeling when you walk away. Um, so it's been really neat to talk to all these different audiences um, about really how to do that uh, and how to do it simply and that you can remember it. Uh, and it comes down to just great research and good questions and then finding out whether your contact really is in it to win it with you yeah. and uh, wants to do that. Do you find these companies, they'll, do they do any grooming of these sales teams at all? Like if some, or do they just say like, Hey guys, go out there. Here's your quota, beat these numbers. I know things have changed now with COVID, but essentially when you're training, are you starting with square one or are these, or are these like, yeah, it's a great question. Are they, no, it's are a great question. Then they just like ran out of tricks. Like what is yeah, well, well, yeah. So they run, they run the gamut, right? So with one client, um, I always present either live before or after, or, you know, now recently virtually on a conference, he's the sales guy. Mm-hmm. He does all the sales training stuff, how to get the leads into the funnel to sell them. I just, I want to just go, you're the Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross guy. Okay. I ain't ain't that guy. And what they found was their salespeople were salespeople, mostly retail, Mm -hmm. but then the corporate direct people. Okay. So then what do you do? So you've sold them something. Okay. So that's where, that's where it ends. That's it. You sold them a widget and you're done. You don't want to create a relationship with that kind of owner or VP like for a while, like in other ways, like continuously. Oh, we never thought about that. Well, how do you teach people that? You hire me. And so that one company does that. Um, The other company has a program sort of similar, but not called executive conversations where they take their kind of high level uh, solution managers through a 90 day process of getting the meeting with the executive, what to talk about with them on product in the meeting. And and then, and then that's, that's it. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Wait a minute. You just dropped what? 50 grand on training 20 people to get through 90 days and they kind of maybe might do that. And then what do they do? So (laughs) I'm being looked at now for Q1 to be brought in to say, okay, so wait a minute, we put you through that. Now Rob is going to teach you how to keep that relationship. God forbid you leave us. And that's never where I tee it up. But if either contact leaves, this is a human to human thing. This isn't a company to company thing. Right. Now you're, I'm going to say you're a stickler for reciprocity. And what I mean by that is you're very sensitive about this. And it's something that I've, I've tried to get better at because of you. Is this that, an intervention? Yeah. Oh, okay. We're going to have to, yeah. Okay, great. There's people coming cool. in. From people like this part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and I think, I think what's at the root of this is the, is the concept of hunting versus farming where salespeople and networkers 
and bad salespeople don't care about the relationship and they are actually, they make the sale and then they're on to the next and then they're on to the next. You talk about the organic switch. And I think that that's a very key part of this reciprocity because very, if, if somebody is going to just talk about themselves, that same person is also not going to send you the thank you note. You know, like it's, it's, a, it's a character defect. Talk a little bit about hunting versus farming in, in your experience, how that's, how that's benefited you, how you teach people about it. Because I think that that's, that's always kind of an underlying theme, I think, in all of your training. I sat down with a friend of mine. His name is Brian. And I was on probably my sixth job in my career. Mm-hmm. And we sat there for coffee and whatever at a diner in Milford. Never forget it. And he said, okay, Rob, what are you selling me today? Mm. I didn't know what to say. <laughs> I'm like, uh, and we've known each other for, we knew each other 10 years before that. So what do you say to that? So I mumbled over something. Oh, you know, that's kind of funny. You know, I'll take the eggs and the bacon. And then I thought about it. And then I told that story to Paul mm-hmm. and he said that that's probably what most salespeople's problem is and right. yours, right. congratulations, right. is hunting and throwing up on people and selling and not really caring about them. You might ask him a couple cursory questions, but you want to qualify the need. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then, you know, you sell them and you put them on the contract and you move them through. Okay, great. Well, that makes the company happy and we made our number. Now what do you do? Huh. So why don't you flip it? What do you mean? I want you to flip it. I want you to ask them questions about them. And I didn't mean about, you know, how's your jacket today? And you get up early? And Okay, no all business questions that are oriented towards their history. Because what's the greatest compliment that we receive in a business meeting? Wow, you really have done your research. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, I did. And because of that, pretty much I garner garner respect from you, but I'm not going to say that of you, but I do. And you know it because you just said that. So now let's have a real conversation about what's happening, what's really going on. And we're going to cover some other pieces so I can get a rounded picture about really where you are in your world. Because I don't think it's fair that I come at you with my stuff and I don't really kind of understand where you're at. You, you could have gotten diagnosed with cancer last Friday. And I don't know that. And you may not tell me that, but you know what? That may affect up top here about what we're really going to talk about. I have found that when I started really asking good quality questions, and I don't mean long prophetic ones, I mean like, you know, where's home kind of jazz. After a little bit, you're going to ask me about me because you wanted to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Organically, you had this thing inside you that said, well, wait a minute. No, I want to know about you. And those are the winner meetings. All right. Now that, ties into a rating system that I want you to talk a little bit about that. So I want to talk a little bit about LinkedIn. 
um, you also have a way of kind of figuring out because this, this is a good segue into this topic where people that aren't asking you about you or people that aren't sending you thank you notes following up, these are takers. Um, they're not givers. Again, it's like you're, you're a stickler for reciprocity, but I think that is because a healthy relationship, I always said a good contract benefits both sides equally. Um, in LinkedIn, you talk about in your book, um, if you would share a little bit about how you look at your contacts as such, and you actually have come up with a rating system that I think could be helpful for folks that are just out there blindly adding people to their LinkedIn and not really vetting them or not really understanding which one of those are quality contacts, contacts and which ones aren't. Yeah, no, that's true. I, I had a, a, a fantastic meeting this morning with a lady who had never really figured this kind of thing out. I asked her who her top 10 contacts were. She had no idea what I was talking about. What I needed to do back six, seven years ago um, is I needed to figure out how I was going to connect with my professional contacts. How was I going to be efficient and effective at the same time with them? So that nowhere in either one of our minds were we going to think, why are you, why are you wasting my time? Like, stop, stop wasting my time. Like, we don't want to think like that. So my four-step rating scale is fairly straightforward. A one is a new contact. I just met you. There's something about you I really like. So I want to connect with you and then let's see what goes. A two is a former colleague of the same business, different business, or an alumni. A three is a one-way connect, which most of us have, which most are takers. A four is mutually beneficial. And that can be, you can upgrade the three to a four in simple ways. People think, oh my God, I've got to be like their best friend and go to their, you know, Christmas party. Through that then, it lets me prioritize where you really kind of stick in my world. Now, am I going to immediately cut you off because the switch doesn't happen? No, but you're not currying any favor. Like I'm going to kind of remember to, we're going to kind of flatline you a bit. You got to kind of impress me a little bit too, but I've learned that you have got to want to. I'm not going to force you to ask me questions or talk to me. And I get it. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I get it. So when the organic switch phrase come ar came around, that stopped me and popped me. And I said, okay, now wait a minute. Maybe they really actually do care and we can go somewhere with this. Doesn't happen all the time. And it's frustrating because it happens more times. It does not happen more times than it should or want it to. And that doesn't mean we're going to immediately get rid of them either. There could be a little timing quotient in there. I get criticized for that a lot. You cut them off too quick. Like they're done. They're done, done. They're dead to you and the whole bit. Well, that's not really true. But I do have to prioritize them because we don't want to waste each other's time. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, I think, I think it does. I think it's important to just, um, you know, maybe, maybe a follow-up would be like once you've identified that top 10, 
what do you recommend people do uh, at that point? So that happens a lot. And that's a great question. So you've got your top 10. Now you need to go test it. Mm-hmm. Test that 10. Well, how do I do that? Well, in this current time, you're either going to Zoom with them. You might get together with a di- at a diner. I don't know, but probably not. You're going to need to have a virtual meeting with them. So we go through the process of what you do with that. Maybe in half an hour, you should be able to cut it through in a half an hour. If it goes to an hour, that's even the better. But you have to test it. And the kicker about it is out of your 10, you're probably going to come up with four that you're going to want to keep. But your 10, you know, in all of your earnest, you're like, oh, oh, that guy, Tony, he is totally going to be on my top 10. And oh, my God, he's going to ask me about me the whole time. No. When you get to finally meet with him, he's uh, bah, 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 mm-hmm. bah, talks about himself the whole time. So now you have a decision to make. So that's kind of how it, it, it really is all about vetting. Somebody says, oh, you're just vetting people. I go, well, yeah. Don't you do that? Eh. Right. I wrote a piece last night. I, I had this... I had this blip last night of writing. I sent it to Tanya too, and she loved it. And I couldn't believe it, but I just sat down. I just felt like writing. And I wrote about how this is business dating. And I don't like to do it like that because then, you know, people get all creeped out. But it it really is. You know, yeah. think about when you were personally dating. You're going to go ask the person and you got to figure out this this great line when you go. No. Hi, my name is Rob. What's your name? And then what was your follow-up when you wanted to see him again? Well, you would either call him or text him, and then you make another appointment to go see him again. So why won't you do that in business? Right. Yeah, totally. Now, you're writing. You're talking to Tanya. I know there's another book in the works. Let's talk a little bit about yes. that. What's that going to be about? Well, So the first one is really a brain dump about who you need to meet and transferring all this hunting into farming and sales and keeping it simple and kind of a manual about how do we get started. I think the second one wants to be about a culmination of success stories about people who have networked hopefully in diners. Um, And you owe me an article, by the way, Um, a page section. Um, and I think that's important because people need to read about this stuff working. I might have testimonials and quotes in the first one, but the second one is going to just be a book about successful interactions, again, hopefully in diners, but may not, of how those networking stories have really played off well, played out well. And I've got a couple of articles. Originally, I was going to do the whole thing. I was going to just sit down with her. We're going to pick a meal name. And then I'm going to pick a story. And I'm going to go through all my stories. And then I thought about it. And I'm like, I got to stop making this about me. I mean, this is really bad. And so, you know, this one isn't going to have my bright, smiling, bald head on the front of it. And... I want it to be about success stories of professionals that I have vetted and interacted with across these last five years anyway, who have really, they've made it work. 
Yeah. What I, do you what do you consider your best networking story that's personally happened to you? My best one. Oh, I don't know if we were going to get to the best one. I, I had one all teed up about what happened this morning, but let's hear it. Let's go with that. Well, so this morning one was wow. It was just wild because this lady and I, Lisa, follow each other on Facebook since probably I got married second time, so 11 years ago. And it turns out we knew each other in high school. Fine, connected with her. And we didn't have any kind of romantic relationship. We're just friends around the, the circle. But she was always, and I told her this this morning, boy, did she laugh. It was fun. She was all part of the cool kids. Like she wasn't, you know, she wasn't the courtyard drags. She wasn't the bandies like me. She wasn't the special people. She was like the cool kids. Like if she had a football player as a boyfriend, she had like the, the year ring, you know, his class ring around a chain <laughs> and she's wearing the football jacket with the number on the back. Like she was part of the cool kids, right? Oh, yeah. And I told her this, oh my gosh, she couldn't stop laughing. So... She connects with me on LinkedIn and she sends a personal note with her connection request, not because she was told to, which in and of itself, I was like, you get a point. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh my God, how are you? And this and that. And I'm thinking to myself, how in the world, what in the world's going on? This is wild. So it turns out this morning, she told me her sister used to work with Anna. Remember Anna? Mm -hmm. So Anna, who is now successfully transitioned out of her own business to New York City supply chain for the food bank there. Mm -hmm. Her and Donna, her sister, used to work together. And so Donna apparently has followed me. Donna, I think I talked to once in high school, and she was one year above. She tells Lisa, her sister, oh, you should talk to Rob Thomas. He's into like that networking thing. And this is all on Facebook now. So, Lisa reminds me that we actually went to elementary school together. <laughs> so, this isn't just high school. Little Rob, yeah. So okay. Little Robbie Thomas, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm looking through all my pictures and I find my first grade picture this morning. And she was, so when I sat down with her this morning, I asked her, where'd you go to, kind which kindergarten? Nope. Which first grade? Nope. Which second grade? Nope third grade. Yep. She was in my third grade class. So then from there, we went through all the teachers and the whole 44 years ago, I've known this woman, right? And I haven't connected with her live at least 30 years because wow. maybe high school. Well, what happened? She lost her job. She had a really big, important job at a very, one of the top four accounting firms. Worked at it for 20 years, and she just got walked out one Friday. That was, it was just that simple. Never saw it coming, completely blindsided, got a nice severance, and took the summer off. You know, go air out your head and all that. So now here's what happens. Most people don't get to me that early, but there is a window. So you could be on severance. But she's got, in the last 90 days, she's done everything that everybody else does. You take your resume, 
you blast it on all the application sites, you maybe get a recruiter, and you just go crazy, and of course you're gonna fit, and you'll get a job, you'll be fine. No, nothing. So she sat with me at breakfast and she goes, great, uh, I love this question. How do I pivot? How do I pivot? And I said, I love that question. I love you. This is great. I'm buying breakfast. This is wonderful. I could talk for, uh, for hours on this. And I told her about everything what we've talked about. This is a high-powered accounting firm, by the way. I mean, training to knock your socks off. Stanford, Connecticut. Didn't know any of this. I didn't get taught any of this. What, where did you learn this? This is crazy. Well, that's why you're the best. Subsequently, last night, I got a LinkedIn message from another high school bandy. She played the flute. <laughs> I don't know why she's connecting with me. Why am I thinking of American Pie? I don't know. But yeah, no. So careful. So, <laughs> that didn't happen either. So she's a physical therapist. Okay. So I send her a note back, which is my mm -hmm. standard MO. Mm -hmm. How do you think we can help each other in business? Didn't hear from her a couple of days. I'm like, man, eh, I probably scared her off, which by the way, it typically does. Yeah. I just started my physical therapy practice in Fairfield. They've taught me everything they could in school about how to be a successful physical therapist. They didn't teach me anything about effective business networking. Do you think you can help me? There you go. So one-on-one -on -one coaching. Yep. Speaking to corporations. Yep. Um, you also do some cohort training where you might just work with a sales team, not, not like a, you know, a, a gigantic audience, but you work with a sales team. Um, so there's an in-between between the one-on-one -on -one coaching and kind of the larger audiences, right? Yeah, like four people. And that four may people. or may not be individual. It may be group. Right. So that's always, that's always being flexible. That's always morphing. Yep. How, do you, how do you quantify the training? Like what is, what would, be a, what would be a measure of success for you if, if a client hired you? Do you come back in six months? Do they, do, do you have a, you know, do you point to their sales figures going up? How do you, how do you measure an impact when you conduct these, these types of training? Great, great question. Cause we're doing a lot of that kind of data measuring now. And I will say it's all about the meeting. Mm-hmm. So the identifying of who the top 10 are that they need to meet is critical. From that, we train about what that meeting needs to look like. They need to get that meeting and they need to go through that kind of method process as best they can, okay? The testament of it working is the organic switch happens and either one of the two come up with a new contact they did not know. So I call it the plus one factor. Somewhere in sitting down with you, you thought about a business professional who I didn't know already that you would be willing to introduce me to. And that's what I call plus one. There's a plus one to Ramon out there. Mm -hmm. 
and you may have thousands of contacts, but I really need to introduce you to Tony Augusto. I need to introduce you to Anthony Baccarella. I need to, you know, these different people. I need to introduce you to this person. Have you ever met this person? And you're very good about that on uh, email. What was the latest? Mary Beth uh, Nelson? Yes. Yeah, she and I are going to be meeting on oh, next Thursday on Zoom. Or maybe it's, this, maybe it's tomorrow. Yeah, she's a sweetheart. And I'm happy to make those type of introductions. That's the other thing, too. When you're, when you're introducing people, you're vouching for them. And, yeah. and so your, your reputation is on the line in those introductions. And, um, and, and so happy to make those, um, and grow and grow our, our respective networks together. Um, so we're coming close, coming to a close. I wanted to give you an opportunity, Rob, to, um, talk a bit about how folks can reach you because, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, um, you're the one, I know you, you, you know, you have specialists that you hire to do certain things, but you stick to what you're good at. These are all valuable takeaways for those entrepreneurs that are out there listening. Um, an average day for you, um, you're meeting with people now through Zoom. How could somebody reach you? How could somebody hire you? What's the best way? You know, plug your site, you know, your Instagram. I know you're, you know, we've got you all over the place. What's your preferred method? Of contact. You and your team over the last three years anyway have done a great job of making sure uh, I can answer this question quickly and well so that there is no guesswork on how to find me. And that's simply my website, robthomasusa.com. Everything on that site, you and your team have helped me be able to culminate all in one place all the social media buttons at the bottom, all the different aspects of what I do and how I do it. Other than really costing and pricing of how I do what I do is on there. My bio is on there, picture everything. So there should be a place if someone wants to send me a note and they're interested in networking and diners, it could be done. My phone number is on there. It's my mobile. They can text me that as well too. Yeah. The only thing that isn't on there is my mailing address. And my mailing address is only on my business card. And I do that on a purpose because you have to ask me for it. Just like yeah, I, I asked people. That's one of the things that I first learned. Yeah. Because I have to ask yeah. you for yours. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, that, that's how we met, actually, because people, without going off on a tangent, I've, I've literally seen people walk into, in the days that we could walk into networking events with a stack of cards. Oh, yeah. And just hand them out and then they leave and they think they did something. Uh, and it's like, okay, no, that's not, that's not right. networking. And folks, if you want to learn more about networking, visit Rob Thomas USA, um, get in touch with him, uh, meet him out um, on Zoom or if you're comfortable at a diner. Um, and uh, I highly recommend it. Rob, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, I wish you nothing but success um, and, and I will see you at our next networking and diners meeting. Um, thanks for having us recently this week, uh, as, as Steve from our team spoke about Twitter. And that mm -hmm. content's out there. I would look for Rob um, on, on uh, Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, of course. Definitely get with this man. He knows what he's talking about. So thanks for being on the show, Rob. Thank you very much. I appreciate the honor. Thank you very much. Yes. 
Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Mission Control. Until next time, this is Ramon Peralta from Peralta Design and We Launch Brand. Thank you for taking this journey with us. To learn more about Peralta Design and our work, go to www.peraltadesign.com and subscribe to keep up with the crew.